coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from the AO studio. Hey, yo. It's the Fade Route with D and Z I M D. And we've got a great show for you tonight. We're going to talk about a frozen frenzy. The New York Jets take on the New York Giants. And the NBA season starts. We'll begin to this, today's show with breaking news. <laughs> Emphasis on breaking. <laughs> Brock Purdy entering the concussion protocol. Now every player has entered the pro any every player who's entered the protocol this year has missed the game on Sunday, so we're all anticipating that he's going to miss Sunday's matchup against the Bengals at home and the 49ers will be turning to Sam Darnold, who they loved in camp. So Z, what do you think about this? And will Brock Purdy ever start for the 49ers again? That train. <laughs> that train's never late. How many times do we have to say it? That train is never late for the San Francisco 49ers. They now have, <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong. Last week, they did not have Christian McCaffrey. They did not have Debo Samuel. And now they're going to be without Brock Purdy. Well, no, well, no. De- Debo didn't play. C-Mac played. C-Mac did play, but he, he is an oblique injury. So he's useless. <laughs> well, he scored there. I think he scored their only touchdown. Or maybe yeah. he scored. He might have scored both their touchdowns. No, no. Yeah. He might have scored both their touchdowns or one of their touchdowns. No. An oblique he is going to be playing through an extreme amount of pain, and he is not going to give you what you expect. Especially now that no, your number one is now Brandon Ayuk, not Debo. But their left so tackle was definitely out. Their stud left tackle. Yep. Trent Williams. Yes, he was so, out. He did not play. And now you have Sam Darnold going in under center. Now... Brock Purdy, the past two weeks, has looked mortal, right? He And we knew this was going to happen, right? You, you knew that this was going to eventually happen. You're not going to ride on that wave forever. Eventually, it's going to come down. Like, that's just life. But, you know, you're not going to be perfect forever. You're not going to be untouchable forever. That line is not going to protect you forever, Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey are going to be there forever. This is adversity, right? And this is what the San Francisco 49ers need to go through in order to get where they need to go. And even though Brock Purdy was mortal, he wasn't bad. 21 to 30, 272, a touchdown and two picks. That's not, that's not bad. That's not great, but it's not bad. What about the week before? The week before that? 12 for 20, 12 for 27, one touchdown, one interception, 125 yards. That's bad. (laughs) Against the Browns. That's bad. 
against the Browns. In Cleveland. In Cleveland. So against the number one ranked overall defense. He didn't have a concussion in that game. He also had uh, two injuries. (laughs) So McCaffrey went out, Samuel went out. Yep. And Trent Trent Williams. So this is the taste of adversity, right? Adversity introduces a man to himself. A wise man once said. And he will get his job back. Because Sam Darnold, we know what Sam Darnold is. Like I know you love him. Love I him. know that I know that you think he's some special quarterback. Love Sammy. He will be back on the bench as the soon program. as Brock as soon as Brock Purdy is healthy. Sam Darnold will be back on the bench. Now, this upcoming weekend, it's a little something because you know we both had the Bengals in the Super Bowl. The, the Bengals seem to be turning a corner. These may be two ships passing in the night right now. Right, Burrow seems healthy, healthier, at least, mm-hmm. and that offense was humming. Mm-hmm. It's getting better now. You catch him at the right time with the with the injuries. You know, this is going to be a closer game, right? But you you know, with the injuries that are hampering the Niners, you expect the Bengals to win. You do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's a slight advantage to the Bengals. I, I would give them a slight advantage. 49er home game. 49er home game, but still, like, they're coming in. Two weeks to prepare. Burrow. Yeah. You gotta, you give the Bengals all the chance in the world. Now, how long does this linger is the question. Concussions are tricky. The one saving grace is that Purdy is going to have time to rest up, right? They're 5-2. and two. The division, the Rams are going to chase him down. The Rams are going to give him a, their, their money's worth. I'll, I'll give you that. Seahawks, we'll see. We'll see. But the Rams, definitely. Rams, definitely. You need to get healthy. You need to get whole and fast. Or else you're going to get lapped and you're going to be looking for a wild card spot. So that's what Sam Darnold brings to you. He brings you back to the pack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to get his job back. I think Sam is going to come in and look stupendous. He's going to look better than Brock did the last two weeks, but Brock looked human. I mean, you got to remember this guy, what did he win? He won like his first, what? 10, 11 starts. Like, he won something unproductive. For games he started and finished, He these were the first two he lost. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, they they don't know. They don't know what they're doing in San Francisco, is he? And that's what this is. It has nothing to do with Brock. It's like, just they, they don't know what they're doing. Like, Sam's going to come in and play well. They're like, okay, we're going to stick with Sam. Because why not? You know, it's not, there's no rhyme or reason to this. And their scheme, let's be real, their scheme gets players hurt. We've talked about this for two years now. And it ends careers. It ended Robert Griffin's career. I mean, I can see Sam having a good day. The 49ers saying, Purdy who on Monday? Um, wouldn't put it past them. Now, after, after Sam's last two games, do you think less of Sam? I think... Uh, less of Sam because of his career. I'm sorry. Do you think after these last two games, do you think less of Brock? No. 
I don't think less of Brock at all. Like he's, I. Do you think teams have figured him out? Like, what do you think is going on with him? Because he's not looking sharp. I mean, if you watched both games, he's missing guys. I mean, he's missing guys. Like he's missing guys that are open. He's overthrowing. He's underthrowing. He's missing guys. So it's just this. It's just more or less him. Just getting he's stuck in a rift. Do you think it, this is coaching? Do you think this is who he is? Like, what I think this is the first here? time he's had to go behind the line that's not going to build a wall in front of him. Okay. Because he's running, he's making throws on the run, and they're not good. Mm-hmm. They're, they're mm-hmm. not crisp. They're not yeah. accurate. This is what pressure does. Mm-hmm. This is what pressure does to a quarterback, especially a pocket quarterback. Yeah. Look at what happened to Tom Brady. Tom Brady, when faced with pressure, was a mortal. He was a mortal man. He went down just like everybody else. Mm. So I think that this is normal. These are growing pains. He is in his second year, his first full year, because remember, he did come in late last year. And the grace that we that we want to show other quarterbacks, we need to show to Brock Purdy. Everybody is so quick to write him off. Everybody's so quick to say, oh, he's a system quarterback. I told you so. Everybody's quick to get on that hot take and say, I was right. Right. How about we actually let a guy finish his entire rookie season before we dub him a system quarterback? Sam Darnold has 60 career games. Like We know what Sam Darnold is. He's, he's 61 touchdowns, 55 picks. The very definition of just good enough to get you beat. <laughs> that is who Sam Darnold is. We saw it with the Jets. We saw it with the Panthers. We saw it. We're going to see it with the Niners. He's just good enough to get you beat. Not to mention, the Niners were in position to win the Cleveland game. They now have a kicking problem. They now have a place-kicking problem. Jake Moody is not doing well. <laughs> it's the Moody Blues over there. You let go of Robbie Gold because you want to get younger, you want to get cheaper. You got younger, you got worse. So I don't know how you fix this. I, I, you hold your you hold tryouts. Maybe you make a trade with a team for a kicker. You know, like you, you can possibly pry away a kicker. Who knows? But. The 49ers are starting to show that there are warts, that there are there are gaps in the armor. And they need to get right and they need to get right fast. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto, we really care about what's under your hood. Speaking of getting right and getting right fast, as we transition out of the breaking news and into the show we had planned for you, and it's a king-size show. We're starting off with October baseball. The World Series is now set. And to the surprise of many, The Arizona Diamondbacks knocked off the Phillies in Game 7 and are taking on the Texas Rangers. Now, the 84-win Diamondbacks have a lot of young kids, a really young core. 
the Rangers have spent and spent and spent and spent. Seager, Simeon, DeGrom, Evaldi, they traded for Montgomery, they traded for Scherzer. The Diamondbacks were the last team in in this new Rob Manfred playoff expanded system. So, who are you taking in the series? And is Major League Baseball happy now that two years in a row that the number six seed has made it to the fall Classic? Yeah, I mean, I think Major League Baseball got what they wanted, right? They wanted to get let more people in, which they did. And when you do that, you water down your product and you get a long shot. And the long shot is, you know, the Diamondbacks in this situation. One might argue this is one of the most unlikely matchups anybody would have thought would have happened even when the playoffs started. Um, and you get one opponent on the other side who actually belongs there. I think the Rangers belong there. They definitely they beat the reigning American League champions to get there in, in seven games. They went for it two years ago, spending money on Simeon, Seager. They brought up their talent in Jung. They went and traded for guys like Montgomery, um, DeGrom, Scherzer. Like, they, well, they, they signed them. But, you know, it's like they went for it and they got here. So this is what, this is what, this is everything a general manager could ever want. This is everything the Padres were trying to accomplish here. Um, I think there'll be nerves on both sides, um, but that's a good thing, right? Um, I'm not thrilled with the World Series, and that might be just because I'm bitter over what happened to the Braves and what happened to the Dodgers, but I'm happy the Phillies aren't there, and I actually think it will be a fun series. Um, I don't really care who wins. Uh, there are players on the Rangers I enjoy, like Evaldi, Jung, Chapman, Monty, Seager. But I also don't want to see Scherzer win. I don't want to see DeGrom get a ring. Like, I don't want to see that shit. So, you know, I'll just be uh, I'll be enjoying the game. That's fair. This bullpen, this Diamondback bullpen that they stumbled upon with Mantiply and Thompson and Southrank and Ginkle. It didn't really come together. It didn't really gel until around the August trade deadline. And then they acquired Paul Seawall from Seattle. Yeah, a, little, a little gift from the Mariners, a little gift from the Pacific Northwest, a little manna from heaven there. But, you know, <laughs> you want to talk, talk about another another Met cast-off. Paul Seawall could not land a relief role with the Mets. Looks pretty good, doesn't it? Tommy Pham couldn't stick with the Mets. He looked pretty good in game six. So, you know, I this I think this is going to be a really good classic matchup. You have this young group of kids, right? You have some veteran presence. You have, you know, Lourdes Guriel. You have Longoria. You have Christian Walker. You have Tommy Pham. And then you have, like, your Corbin Carrolls, who is probably going to win Rookie of the Year. Your Alec Thomases, your you know Rivera's, your Gabriel Moreno's, which they, the Diamondbacks fleeced the Blue Jays. They got the, <laughs> they got the better catcher. They got you know Christian Kirk. This could have been Christian Kirk. Instead, it's Gabriel Moreno, and Moreno has proven to be a hell of a, a catcher. So you know this is the the youth 
and gaining experience and confidence, the whole chip on your shoulder of nobody said we were going to do this. Lavello is pull, you know, pushing all the right buttons. And then you have Steady Eddie, been there, done that, Bruce Bochy. And then you have your veterans, right? You have your Simeons. You have your Corey Seegers, who just happens to be a World Series MVP. You have DeGrom, who, while not pitching, still pitched in a World Series, so he can impart some wisdom on some of these guys. Like Scherzer, he's pitched in a few World Series. Right? So, while he's not the old Max Scherzer, he can still impart some wisdom. And... Do you, you know, start him? Hell no. <laughs> hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. He's your if you you're using effectively as an opener. Two innings. Thank you, Max. Go sit down. Like I think that's the strategy. So why not just put him in the bullpen? Because I don't know at forty that he can warm up as well <laughs> like that without pulling something. <laughs> I mean, you and I are both pushing forty. So, do you yeah. think you can? You think you can get up and warm up in, in that time? It takes me an hour just to warm up to play cornhole. Right. Exactly. It, it takes me. It takes me. You know, twenty minutes to get out of the house. So, <laughs> that's a problem. That's a that's a major league problem. But I can really see this going seven. I think that you know, as good as the the Rangers bats and as hot as the they're hot. They're hot. Were, they're hot. They're hot. They're definitely so hot. So were the Phillies. So were the Phillies. And they got shut the fuck down. Can you see to, can you see stuff. other teams trying to replicate the Phillies model of okay, we got two guys that can bitch and we're just gonna score more runs than you, which is something they've been doing for two years now. And one would argue it's effective, right? It's gotten them to one World Series, and it's gotten them to within one game of a national of a second World Series. It's not sustainable. No, it's not sustainable. But do you think it's a model that other teams are going to try to replicate? They're going to try and replicate it, but they're going to fail miserably. They're going to fail miserably. Now, once the bats go cold, yeah, that's it. You're over. You're done with it. Doesn't matter. You could have a rotation of Pedro. Maddox, Johnson, Schilling, and Clemens. If you don't score, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So they they can keep you in the game, but eventually, if those bats go cold, you have to diversify your offense. You have to figure out a way to do that, and that's why you know, I I think that you know they need a little bit more out of Trey Turner, like as as crazy as they may sound what they're paying him yeah yeah for what they're paying him and what what he brings to the table right he brings speed he brings contact ability they don't need Trey Turner to jack the ball out of the park that's what Harper's for that's what Castellanos is for that's what Real Muto's for that's what Schwarber's for you don't need to be that guy you need to be you know you need to be more like Bryson Stott if that makes sense Bryson Stott is a clutch hitter He'll poke the ball the other way if he needs to. Like Alec Bohm, same thing. He'll pop one out if he needs to. But he's a gap-to-gap hitter for the most part. You need more guys like that. With and the, the Arizona yeah, Diamondbacks have Phillies. a lot of guys like that. Yeah, with the Phillies, I could have just done without the dramatics. Like Bryce Harper hitting a home run and then staring down Devin Booker and Kevin Durant as he's reaching home plate. Like, dude, the hell are you staring at them for? What the hell do they do to you? What the fuck's the matter with you? I mean, you have it on the other side, too. You have it in the other league. Adolis Garcia hit the longest, hardest-hit single I've ever seen. Why? Because he pimped it. 
He thought it was out. He pimped it. This is the generation that we're in. Like, it's just unfortunate. But, like, that, to me, I'm looking at that matchup. How do you neutralize Adolis Garcia? Yeah, I'm surprised that Dusty pitched to him. I don't know how... I don't know if that was really wise... Because he was just, he was all in fuego. He's in yeah. fuego. I think he came up with the Cardinals organization, too. He did. He got, he was acquired for cash. Nice. So two years in a row, he Cardinal cast-offs. So two years in a row, Cardinal cast-offs are hitting a fuck ton of home runs and carrying their team to the World Series. Because Randy Rosarena was also on the Cardinals. In, in the Cardinals organization. Man, they just draft well, man. They're good stuff. But we do have uh, one more baseball story for you. Yes, sir. Surprisingly, the San Diego Padres gave permission to the San Francisco Giants to talk to head coach Bob Melvin. After a Coke and a smile, the San Francisco Giants hired Bob Melvin as their head coach. This seems wrong just on so many levels, but I think it's actually happened before with Bruce Boshi. Um, does this make any sense to you? Here's what I find odd, right? You give permission for a team in your division to come and take your manager. Now, I understand that you are somewhat disappointed in the last two seasons. You know, you had a a massive success and then you just did not live up to the hype, right? You went from 89 and 73, you got to the NLCS, you lost to the uh, the Phillies, and then the next year you're two games over 500. And you're looking for your mouthpiece and you're wondering what the hell happened. While a team like the Diamondbacks are now in the World Series. A team like the Diamondbacks, who's set up for years to come because they're young and cheap. Meanwhile, you have a bloated payroll and not a lot of financial wiggle room. To the point where they've already started initiating talks with the Yankees about trading Juan Soto, according to Joel Sherman. So, I can understand why AJ Preller would kind of make a change. But to go in division like this, it's weird. Like the last time something like this happened where a manager was still under contract or was allowed to kind of move around was Lou Pinella. Lou Pinella went to Tampa from Seattle and they had to agree to some compensation, right? They sent Randy Wynn back the other direction. And they just let him go scot-free, you know? I just feel that's weird. It's very odd to me that they didn't ask for any compensation. They're just like, here you go. All right, Bob, we know you were a giant. Once a giant, always a giant. Vaya con Dios. And we, hey, we'll see you next year. We'll, we'll, we'll take you on. We got you. I just find that very, very odd. And it makes you wonder, it makes you wonder what San Diego has up their sleeve. You know, it makes you wonder, do they know something that we don't know? Oh, they're trying to Tampa Bay Ram. <laughs> do, yeah, do, do, do they know something we don't know? Because now Dusty Baker is also retiring. So now you have some pretty big managerial vacancies, right? Now you have Houston, you have the Angels, you have the Padres, you have the Mets, and you have the Brewers. 
So you have five openings right now that are pretty, pretty attractive. Now, maybe there's a hot candidate they want to get in the door as soon as possible. I don't know who. Maybe Carlos <laughs> Beltran? Like, Beltran's always seemingly one of the hot candidates. Maybe Joe Espada? Joe Espada's been knocking on the door for years. Like, I, I don't know. Like, the same way they want to get a move on moving Juan Soto, it seems like they wanted to move out Bob Melvin pretty quickly and quietly so they could go get somebody else. And it just seems very, very strange to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm hearing the same things as you are. I'm hearing that they're they're kind of financially strapped, and they're trying to get they're 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 trying to trade Soto. Um, you know, I have a feeling that you know they kind of told Bob, "Hey, man, we're gonna turn this whole thing over, except for Machado." That's what I think happened. And Bob and we're like, you know, you know, if you want to go somewhere else, we're cool with that. The Giants are asking about you. You know, we appreciate everything you did trying to come in here, but this was a fucking, this was just a failure. And all these guys fucking suck. You know, that's, <laughs> that's how I feel. That's that's really how I feel like the conversation went. I mean, you look at this team and how much they spent and the players that are there, it's just like, what the fuck happened? I mean, they got Xander Bogarts. You got Machado. You got Soto. You got Tatis Jr. And, man, we can't even make the playoffs. They let everybody in the baseball playoffs right now. We can't even get the playoffs. The Giants almost made the playoffs. I mean, like, you know, it's just the Diamondbacks are going to the damn World Series. Yes, yeah, sir. Well, like, so you, you, if you're Preller, you kind of look in the mirror. You're watching TV and you're just, you're throwing popcorn at it. Like, how the fuck did this happen? I can't name more than five Diamondbacks. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So I do think it's very odd. I don't I don't think that they know anything. I don't think anything's up. I think they just we gotta start I think they're just like we gotta start over. Like we're not you know, the Diamondbacks got in here with smoke and mirrors. San Francisco was competing most of the summer. The the Dodgers are gonna spend more money than we are. And that's just yeah, this is the nature of the beast. The situation is such as not only they financially strapped, they've also mortgaged their farm system. Because forever, AJ Preller said guys like Mercedes, uh, Mackenzie Gore was untouchable until Juan Soto came calling. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Mackenzie Gore and CJ Abrams, you are Washington Nationals. <laughs> so, skip. Really? Yes. Go to the nation's capital. But, you know, they really need to do, they need to tear down. They definitely need to do do that. You didn't need an all-star infield of shortstops, right? You didn't need, you didn't need Xander Bogarts to the point where we're going to try him at first base. Why? He's never played first base in his life. That doesn't make any sense, man. We got an all-star in Jake Cronenworth. All right, let's move him around. Like, this was just, how can I spend this money? It's like it was, it's like AJ Preller was given an edict. You have to spend this money. Use it or lose it. Sick days. Or lose it. So okay, fine. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna use it. I'll just spend wildly. And that's what that felt like. It really yeah. off season. It really felt like wild spending for the sake of spending. And now, 
A guy like Darvish will fetch you something back. Machado's got an opt-out at some point. So he may he may exercise that. He may see the writing on the wall. Right? He's a pragmatic guy. He may see the writing on the wall. You know, you you're already actively trying to get rid of Soto. Maybe Tatis Jr. is also on the on the road. Maybe you send him packing. Maybe you send Xander Bogarts packing. These guys will definitely rebuild your farm system in a hurry. Right? Because you're go- you're not going to get a bag of balls and a ham sandwich. You're going to get some top flight prospects for these guys. And they'll most likely be a better fit elsewhere. But, I don't know. It just looks... It just looks like the they hit the ceiling and it's time to cut bait on what they've been doing. Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodies, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. The NBA season is just taking off. The NBA season opened up last night with a couple of juicy matchups. The Nuggets narrowly beat the Lakers, 119-107, and the Phoenix Suns just barely escaped with a four-point win over the Golden State Warriors. So the new blood is besting the tried and true in the Western Conference. But that's just the Western Conference. Let's open the whole thing up. Who is your pick for the East? Who's your pick for the West? And do you have do you have a sneaky dark horse candidate for the NBA this year? Yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting uh, opening night to the season. I like how they pitted some big, big marquee matchups. You know, pretty much like CP3 going back to Phoenix. Um, but you can tell that you know Phoenix is young and they're. Not that they're young, but they're they're newer. You know, they, they they're hungry. They haven't won anything in a while. Where the Warriors are the Warriors, mm-hmm. um, and then I was surprised that LeBron lost to the Nuggets. And it was interesting that they talked about how he's going to be capped at 29, 30 minutes this year. But if they're going to cap him at 29, 30 minutes this year, man, Anthony Davis is going to have to play like a beast. I mean, it's really going to have to be Anthony Davis's team. He's really got to be the guy that's going to be closing things out. I don't know if he's ready for that. Um, Let's be real here. The fuck he is. LeBron James is going to play until he can't go anymore. This is LeBron we're talking about here. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, he's going to – he's 39, right? He's he's almost as old as we are, 38, 39. Yeah. He can't be playing 48 minutes, you know. So, it's going to be interesting to watch this year. But, like – Everybody gets into the NBA playoffs, so it really doesn't matter. But they're gonna have to figure. If Andy Davis is gonna become have to become something else if they're gonna go anywhere. Um, so back to the question. Yeah. So 
for me, I'm going to chalk it up, man. Uh, in the East, I'm thinking it's the Celtics. I guess that's not really chalking it up because I guess everybody's going to be picking the Bucks. But I think the Celtics, uh, I like them. I like them more than the Sixers with their Harden situation. Um, Milwaukee, like I said, I still got to see how that offense is going to work. I'm just not sure of it. Um, I think Atlanta gets better this year. Obviously, New York is going to be around and, and the Heat. I just like I like the Celtics more. And it really revolves around um, Porzingis. I, you know, everybody laughs at me, but I really do think he's the he's the X factor, which maybe is why you know people are laughing at me. <laughs> um, and um, Drew Holiday, I think Drew Holiday is an excellent pickup, and it gives them a dynamic that they haven't had before. They lost a lot of height, um, but I think in a seven game series, I mean, this is like a Tatum. Tatum's got to take that step. He's got to become a killer. He's not a killer. Like he's got all the talent in the world. He just he doesn't show it consistently. Like he'll disappear for quarters. He'll disappear for halves. And maybe this is the year he puts it all together. Um, and the dark horse candidate I have in the East is the Cavs, man. Like I just think the Cavs are super talented. Um, you know, they were outed by New York last year, but I mean, they easily the series should have been able to go either way. Donovan Mitchell, another year there. Um, they have a lot of talent. It's just a matter of, you know, are they going to be able to beat a team like the Heat? Are they going to be able to go to toe to toe with a team like the Sixers? It's like, that's just something I don't know yet. Um, now in the West, I, it's hard not to take Denver, especially after the way they played last night. It didn't seem like they skipped, they didn't miss a beat. I mean, Jokic is still, you know, how, how do you stop this guy? You know, and and what's interesting about him is it looks like he, like, you know, once the season was over, he really did step away from basketball. He relaxed, went to the farm. He didn't, he just did, it played video games and was just, you know, hanging out and relaxing. And that's, that's the kind of thing that could help a person get right back, right? Um, and then my dark horse my dark horse is the Dallas Mavericks, man. Like, I think the Dallas Mavericks have an excellent roster. I think they did a good job of putting this thing together. Uh, I really like their coaching. I really like their coaching staff. Um, and it just all comes down to, you know, can they keep, can Kyrie Irving stay interested for the entire season? If you're going to tell me that Kyrie Irving is going to play 50, 60 games, I'm thinking this team could win 60 games. They could win that many games. Like they're that. I think they're that talented. I love how they brought Seth Seth Curry back. Uh, I feel like maybe Doncic will, maybe Curry, Kyrie Irving will rub off on Doncic a little bit and just like play and stop arguing with the refs. I am. I've always been a fan of Dante Exum. I like Josh Green, Tim Hardaway. I feel like he's been there forever. I mean, he almost. It's almost like, you know, you you think he was drafted by the Mavericks. Um, and I, yeah, I just think, I think they have a chance here. I really do. And Grant Williams, I think bringing in Grant Williams was huge for them. I know he get it. He did a, D, a lot of DNPs for Boston his last year there, but, um, he just got to play and not run his mouth. <laughs> the last time the Celtics, the last time that Kyrie Irving played over 60 games with the Celtics, 67 in 2018, 2019. That's it. Mm-hmm. You had 20 in 2019-20. You had 54 in 2021. You had 29 in 21-22. You had 22-23. A combined 
forty with the Mavs, forty with the Nets, and then twenty with the Mavs. But that was a friggin' shit show, right? You can't count on Kyrie. Like, I'm sorry. I, I I know that he's super talented. You can't count on that guy. Yeah. So, you just can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. Now, as far as the Eastern Conference goes. It's hard not to see it as a two-horse race, right? It's very difficult to see any other team besides the Bucks and the Celtics. But then again, we thought that last year about the Bucks, and they got picked off in the first round when Giannis got hurt. Anything can happen. It's a crapshoot. So you can never count out Miami. The Sixers, I don't know what the hell's going on. Are you going to trade James Harden? Or are you not going to trade James Harden? Shit or get off the pot. Now the Clippers. Well, he came back today. I don't know if you heard. He came back today, um, but I think he said he's not playing in the opener. Oh, yeah, he said. How about Nick Nurse saying, "Get the fuck out of here, go away, stand up to this guy." He's not long for this team, but the Clippers, according to Woj, they're kind of pumping the brakes here. They're not. They're pausing on their pursuit of James Harden. Because they want to see what they have before they make a move. So, until otherwise, uh, until otherwise, I'm not, I'm not touching the Sixers. The Raptors are regressing. Hornets, I don't know what they are. If you're looking for dark horse candidates, Cavs are a good bet. The Bulls are decent. The Knicks. Even the Pacers, I could see the Pacers making some moves this year. Like I could, I could see, definitely see them kind of being above that play-in tournament threshold. But it's kind of, it kind of has to be the Bucks. Just it has to be based on what's going on, based on what they did in order to make Giannis happy. Like this feels like all in. And rightfully so. They now have a big three. They now have a big. They haven't had a big three. Like Drew Holiday was nice, but he wasn't a big three. Right. So you now have legit a legit big three. Even the Hawks can make some noise. The Hawks could definitely make some noise. Another year of Trey Young doing Trey Young things. Going over the West. I mean. There's a huge gap, right? You're looking at, again, you're looking at the Nuggets, the Suns, the Lakers, the Warriors, and even there's levels within them, right? Like, I don't necessarily think the Lakers are above the Warriors. They're just kind of there. Now, can the T-Wolves get out of their own way? That was a resounding no last year. Can they mature? If they can mature, I can see them doing big things. If they mature. That's a big it. The Kings, I'm still not sure about. Are they an aberration? Last year, like, last year took a lot of people by surprise that the Kings were that good. So, (sighs) it's hard for me to pick them ahead of some of these other teams. So I'm looking at I'm looking at the Kings like around the fifth seed, fifth or sixth. 
wow. a little a little bit for a little bit below where they were last year, but still very good. The Grizzlies are going to drop off. Like that's my that's my team. The, the that's major slide. Expect a major slide. They lost Adams. They lost um, Jaw for twenty five games. And I mean addition by subtraction. Really, they they lost our our man Dylan Brooks. So they're not going to lead the league in ejections this year. So there's that. So. I mean, it's very hard for me not to see the Nuggets, right? Because nobody has, outside of Minnesota, nobody has the interior to match up with Jokic. And even then, Jokic is better than Rudy Gobert. So, if the T-Wolves have their shit together, it's possible they can knock off the Nuggets. Because they have... They have the necessary tools with Carl Anthony Towns, Gobert, Anthony Edwards. Like they match up pretty well. They match up with Denver. Like that could definitely be a, a dark horse kind of pick. But until otherwise noted, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody who can match up with the Nuggets on that level. So yeah, this is going to be another chalk. But that's the NBA for you. Yeah. That's the NBA. The NBA is a chalk league. Like, I, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that from uh, people sliding in our DMs. Uh, no, the, the NBA is a chalk league. Very, very rarely do you get a team like the 2004 Pistons. Actually, that was the last one you had. So, yeah, the, the Miami Heat, they've been in the finals two of the last three seasons. So I, you know, I would say they're more of the establishment than a dark horse. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914 315 1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Speaking of outside the box, <laughs> I was out of pocket. Never mind the box. Like, I was outside the box. I was out of pocket. I was, like, beside myself with the Giants' victory over the Commanders. Yes, I picked the Commanders. But I was very surprised to see how well they moved the ball, how they played defensively, how they actually looked like a real legitimate football team. (laughs) And we have a really big game in our market we are a new york based show and we have a big big game in this new york slash new jersey market (laughs) the jets are taking on the giants technically this is a giant home game both teams are coming off big wins the jets got to celebrate on the bye they got to rest and digest that they're going to 
embarrass another quarterback, or at least they're going to try to. And the Giants are going to show that they know how to play defense, right? Wink Martindale's got them playing. So what is the storyline for the game this weekend? And what will the headlines be come Monday? Yeah, so, I mean, the storyline is all... I think it's really going to be all about the Jets, right? I mean, they're the team that's coming in riding high after knocking off the Eagles. They're coming off a bye week. Their coach thinks they embarrass players. and So that's the narrative is that, you know, is it going to be the Jets continue their winning ways or it's going to be same old Jets because Zach Wilson is running in the wrong direction and throwing to the wrong team? Uh, We know Wink is going to be dialing it up. They're definitely going to have people in the backfield and people coming after Mr. Wilson. And so the question is, is can the Jets run the football? You know, they're effectively able to run the football. That could give the Giants a hard time. Also, the Giants, if you watch them play against the Redskins, they really like getting around the 34, 30 to 40 yard line. And then really just throwing up a jump ball in man-to-man coverage against those weak uh, commander receivers. I mean, commander cornerbacks. They're not going to be able to do that against the Jets. Um, So I'm thinking that the headline is going to be like, you know, little brother brother gets a victory here. I don't think it's going to be same old Jets. I really do feel like it's going to be a good game. You know, it's usually a good game when two bad teams play each other. No, never. Usually when two bad teams play each other, it's a bad game. But look, you got backup quarterback on each side. I doubt Daniel Jones is going to play in this game. You got two teams coming off of a win, needing another win. This is a a giant home game, but it's going to feel homey for the Jets. So I I think the front and back page of the post are going to be going to be green and white and then i really think the narrative is going to be the jets continue to soar so this is going to be a defensive struggle yeah that's what both teams hang their hats on field goal game it certainly is not quarterback play (laughs) certainly is not quarterback (laughs) now that being said the giants offense under tarod taylor looks so much more explosive than it does when Danny Dimes is under center. So, Danny Dimes is more like Danny Deer in the headlights. He always has that look on his face. And it inspires nothing. It is not inspiring whatsoever. Taylor looks like a professional. He's moving out of the pocket. He's Outside of that one audible to Saquon Barkley, he's had command of this offense. He got Waller involved. He got Hyatt involved. He got Slayton involved. He's spreading the ball around. Saquon, I don't expect anything from. Like, the Jet defense is going to probably swallow him up. Now, what does that mean? That means that you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get Taylor out in space. You're gonna have to get some get some passing out of the backfield. You're gonna have to get some 
get creative. Yeah, you're gonna have to do Which what they've been able to do all freaking year. They have one running play. <laughs> they have one running play. Regard if they're under center or if they're in shotgun, it's a draw up the middle. That's what they do. That's it. Giant draw. Like that. That's what it is. That's the play call, it, right? Giant draw it, on one. It's got to be. Giant, it's got to be. Giant, giant draw one on one. Very bad. Great. It is. It's a zone run. Can you do something else? They tried last week. I, I have to admit that they tried last week and they tried the week before that to try and do the Miami Dolphins pre-snap motions and Wandale Robinson got flagged twice for for a legal motion. So we got to work on that. The same way that they tried to steal the tush push and two guys got hurt. So... <laughs> my back! My back! Shit, my ass! Oh! Ugly game, offensively. And Gano has not looked good. He's been spotty this year. He's got a couple of kicks blocked. He's missed a few. Zerline's been pretty good. And at the end of the day, the Jets can easily play down to their competition. The same way the Giants can play up to their competition. Right? We get this is going to be a wash. I can really see this being like a good game, but still a wash where it's really only a field goal. And in the end, like if if the Giants happen to pull this out, the that headline's gonna say gag green. Uh, yep. So this is true. Yeah. But the other way, if the Jets are able to hang on, it's gonna be big blue. B L E W. So I'm not gonna give you my pick just yet, just because we have a segment for that. It's called a teaser. I'm not going to give it to you. I think you I think you know where I'm going, but I'm not going to give you the pick right away. But prediction, pain <laughs> for both quarterbacks and for all the fans. Prediction, pain all the way around. But there is no pain in the NHL. There was, in fact, a frozen frenzy and a major party, a major celebration of hockey for the second time ever in the league's history every team played and the puck was dropping on a rotating uh, a 15 minute interval and this frozen frenzy was all over ESPN all out of the red zone so what did you think of the frozen frenzy last night and is this going to help the NHL attract new viewers? Yeah, I thought it was great. I think it was a great marketing tactic. It's something that not a lot of everyday leagues could pull off. The idea of dropping a puck every 15 seconds. I mean, every 15 minutes was is just excellent. It was a great idea. It had, you know, anytime, you know, you're getting, basically you had one night where you got to see all the stars play, right? You got to see Connor Bedard. You got to see your Connor McDavid's. You got to see the, the, the stars and the Maple Leafs. 
Like you got to see everybody play, and I think I think it was a great marketing tactic. It's a great way to get everybody interested. Not only people, you know, at the games, but people watching at home were able to, you know, surf around, keep checking their scores, just constant action. For one day, you had really a lot of attention on hockey. So, you know, we like to give Gary Bettman a lot of shit, but hats off to him on this one. I think he got it right. I think it was really cool. And this is something they should think to implement every year. They're missing one thing, though. And they can't get him because he doesn't work for ESPN. They need Scott Hansen. <laughs> That's the one thing. If you're going to rip off Red Zone, rip off Red Zone entirely. I mean, you had Bucci. That's, you know, John Bucci-Gross does a great job. But by the numbers, 16 total games, 102 total goals, an average of 6.4 goals per game, 93 unique goal scores, right? 10 road wins. A great night for the home team, and 944 shots on goal. Like that is impressive, and the fact that they took those stats and they kept them, it takes my breath away. Is this something that will draw fans? It could, much in the way that fans will only watch the red zone. I can definitely see this being a situation where fans will only watch the frozen frenzy. Is this going to increase fantasy hockey? Possibly. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. Just because where else do you need to go? It's a one-stop shop. You get to see everything. So I think that there is major potential. There's major potential to attract new viewers. Being on ESPN is great for the league. Being on TNT is great for the league and having the involvement of guys like Gretzky right having Bissonette from Spit and Chicklets as part of the, the broadcast having PK Subban having Mark Messier these are all great ambassadors for the game right they're going to help grow the game and their participation in this, even Chris Chelios. I didn't mention Chris Chelios, Ryan Callahan, all those guys. I think that the improvement in the broadcast, the improvement in the delivery, the appeal, the direct appeal to new fans, fans that may not understand the speed of hockey, may not understand the physicality of hockey. The people who just think of it as, you know, soccer on ice or basketball on skates. There's a real beauty to the game. There's a real speed to the game. There's a real intensity. And the more you're exposed to it, I think that it's definitely going to attract a new audience, a bigger audience, and I think that eventually right, you're going to see the needle move. Because ultimately, look at the, look at what's going on in a bigger picture situation, right? Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews is from Arizona. Yeah. yeah. He's from Arizona. What is a dude from Arizona playing hockey in Toronto? Come on now. You have warm weather people, right? Playing a cold weather sport. 
It's very interesting. And that's happened in recent history. The next generation, with the exposure to the Bedards, to the McDavid's, to the Matthews's, it can only serve to grow on an even larger scale. Great move by the NHL. Great move by Gary Bettman. No, we don't say that a lot, but good job, Bettman. want to get on the action we want to hear from you hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com slide in our dms on ig at fade route podcast drop us a dm on twitter at fade route dnz comment on our youtube channel the fade route with dnz questions comments picks segment suggestions you name it we want to hear from you get at us in crowd The choice is yours. Swipe left or swipe right. All right, boys and girls, particularly my online dating fans, we have a statement. And it's either swipe left if you disagree or swipe right if you agree. Swipe left or swipe right, number one. Victor Wembanyama as the MVP and the Rookie of the Year this year. Yeah. Hmm. I think it's only been done twice, right? Something like that? Um, Is that right? Yeah, I think it was done by Wilt Chamberlain and I want to say West Unseld. Um, I am going to go with swiping right on this. I think it's a huge possibility. Watching this guy in the preseason was just, it's just absurd. I mean, you saw people trying to take jump shots and he's five feet off the ball and he's, he's blocking it. I mean, there's no doubt he's winning defensive player of the year, right? And there's no doubt he's going to be rookie of the year unless he gets terribly hurt. I can't see him not winning those two things. So as far as MVP, that might be a little bit harder, but let's see what kind of impact he makes his first year. Let's see what happens when he goes up against Jokic down before we crown him, right? In the words of uh, Dennis Green. But let's see what happens when he goes up against a guy like Rudy Gobert, a guy like Jokic. Not everybody's as soft as Anthony Davis now. So... And you were right. It was Wes Unseld and Wilt Chamberlain. Nice job. Right? Yeah. Good job by you. Nice. Now, I'm swiping left. Rookie of the year? Sure. MVP? No. It's tough. It's tough. No. It's tough. Not even No way. Not even LeBron and Carmelo did it. No way. No way. But but defensive player of the year? Mm. Jokic? Gobert? He's got tough competition. He's got tough competition. So he may have a shot, but I don't even think, you know, he may finish second or third. Rookie of the year, absolutely. You can have you can have that. That's a given. MVP? No, I can't do it. I can't pick a rookie over a Giannis. Over a motivated LeBron. 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 
it wouldn't surprise me if LeBron had one more MVP season in. And the media, if he's good enough, they'll trip over themselves to give him MVP. That's what they do. Steph, a motivated Steph, a motivated Kevin Durant. Right? The the MVP conversation is a very loaded conversation, right? Jason Tatum, if Jason Tatum does well, he'll get some votes. Jimmy Butler, if Jimmy Butler is single-handedly dragging the Miami Heat in the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference, he's going to get some votes. So you're going up against some grown-ass men. You know, the little engine that could, San Antonio is going to be a, a nice story. A nice story. Maybe a 10 seed. Maybe a 10 seed. You're getting the play in Turner. But I don't see him unseating these other guys just yet. Swipe left or swipe right. Number two, Max Scherzer. <laughs> swiping? Just, just Max Scherzer. Just swiping left, man. I want no part of that guy. Like old noodle arm. No way. I mean, you just know, like, when he comes in, it's going to be two innings and three runs. Like, that's what he's going to do. Like, he, it's it's a wrap. He's done. Like, he's been done for, like, three years now. Ever since he was with the Dodgers and they were going against the Braves and I think it was the championship series and he literally had dead arm. He's like, I can't throw anymore. And so <laughs> that was it. That was the end of his career. And then the Mets decided to go get him for two years and now he's with the Rangers. He's like, dude. It's a wrap. Don't need any more Max Scherzer in my life. I'm swiping left on him. I was, I was a front. I was. A, I had a front row seat to the Max Scherzer show. Nothing was ever his fault. There's a million excuses. He's an old Max Scherzer, not the old Max Scherzer. I will give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt for this reason. When used effectively, right? Two and two, two and two thirds innings in game seven, he put up respectable numbers. So maybe he's that guy now. Maybe he's an opener. Maybe Bochi figured out how to use him because he went four innings and he got lit up for five hour runs his previous start. There are flashes of what he used to be. Against the Blue Jays, he went five and a third of scoreless balls. But then, against the Astros, he got lit up. So there's an inconsistency that comes with age, right? There are days when you can be your old self, and then there are days when you just don't have it. And you gotta figure out ways to make it through the deck. He's done. I, I'm, in a, I'm in agreement with you that he's done. But you might be able to squeeze just a little bit more out of the tube if you deploy him the way that Bochi is deploying him. At least the way he deployed him in Game 7 of the ALCS. Is your hair thinning or is your hairline receding? Scalp micropigmentation will fill in the areas where your hair is missing by creating a short buzz cut look. 
Micropigmentation is a non-invasive procedure that will create the illusion of hair follicles for seven to 10 years. For people with alopecia, this could be a permanent fix. For people with scars on their scalp, this is a great way to camouflage a scar. Don't lose confidence or feel like you need to wear a hat wherever you go. Marquez Studio is located in the Bronx and is open for all your scalp micropigmentation needs. Consultations are free and appointments can be made any day of the week. Get your hairline back with scalp micropigmentation. The techs at Marquez Studio have over 30 years of haircutting experience and can assist you with all of your questions. Call to schedule a consultation today, 646-221-8728. You can also visit them on Instagram at Bronx Marquez to see their gallery and view all their satisfied customers. Again, that is Marquez Studio, located in the Bronx, New York, 646-221-8728. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. You know how it goes. We put up a poll on our X account at FadeRoutDNZ and you vote. And you vote and you vote and you vote. And the winner of said vote it's a shout out on this here show and they take home the coveted ass trophy and do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy this week i don't Devonte adams that guy Devonte adams be a better teammate Devonte. be a better teammate but that was last week this is this week. Who are your nominees for Alleged Superstar of the Week, D? All right, so first up, I've got the Philadelphia Phillies. Up three games to two on the Diamondbacks, and you blew it. You blew it. It takes so much pride in saying the Philadelphia Phillies are my Alleged Superstar of the Week. <laughs> Number two, Caleb Williams loses again against Utah. And this time, zero touchdowns and zero interceptions. Maybe USC should ask for some profit sharing if a if a team drafts you. <laughs> and last but not least, the Detroit Lions. We thought you were finally turning the corner. We had people picking you on live television to beat go into Baltimore and beat Baltimore. And you get shut out in the first half. 28 nothing. And you go on to relent, give up 10 more points and only score six. Yeah, the Detroit Lions, you are definitely the alleged superstar of the week. Yeah. 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 I, I can't really, like, yeah. What more can you say about that other than, yeah. Let's start with the officials of the. Cleveland Browns Indianapolis Colts game. Hmm. How do you call those pass interference penalties? How do you not? How do you keep the Browns in the game and job out the Colts the way you did? Where on replay it is as plain as the nose on your face that those were not penalties. This is why everybody's calling for robot umps in baseball, right? This is why people want to replace officials with machines. 
Because glaring stuff like this. Officials of the Browns and Colts game. You are my alleged superstar of the week. Chris Olave. Chris Olave. For your absolutely dangerous, reckless driving that could have potentially gotten somebody killed. You're very fortunate that you were pulled over. And then to drop, to drop the, I play for the Saints card. Nah, dude. Kudos to the cop. He's like, I don't give a shit. Give me your license. (laughs) So, kudos to you, officer. For you. Bad job on you, Mr. Olave. Chris Olave, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And then last but not least, Christian Javier. Game seven. Big moment. Big moment. And then what do you do in your big moment? A third of an inning. Three runs, four hits, and a dinger. Oof. Oof. That's that's a smelly, smelly performance by Mr. Javier. Christian Javier, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go to our X account at FadeRiveDNZ and vote, and vote, and vote, and vote, and for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better. has its own merch line now go to the fade store with dnz.com today for all your fade route merch needs i'm talking tank tops t-shirts sweatshirts like yoga pants we got those too like some cool accessories we got those too and we're not done yet we have so much more planned for you but check out what we have today at the fade store with dnz.com that's the fade store with dnz.com Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. It is the option for NFL Week 8. And if you want to play along with us, you know what to do. Go to our Instagram at Fade Route Podcast. Click on our link in bio. Go to our CBS Sports Pick'em League, also entitled The Option. Sign up and play along with us. It was not a great week for any of us last week. <laughs> that was a thorough whooping on all of our, on all of us. You took home the win for the week with six wins. Boss. Six. Yeah. You are in second place, narrowly behind the lovely Rita Sanchez, so you did close the gap a little bit. My gap is still the same. Yeah. So, yeah. 
sometimes it's just not your year, boys and girls. You're on top one year, and then not so great the next. But them's the breaks. Let's see if things start breaking our way this week. Starting with the Thursday night game. 8-15 prime video. The 3-3 three three Tampa Bay Buccaneers go into Orchard Park to take on the suddenly struggling 4-3 Buffalo Bills. Uh, yeah, I don't think Buffalo would wrap this up. I have a hard time believing that Baker could go up there and win a game. Buffalo is playing ugly football right now, man. They lost to the Patriots, for Christ's sake. So, I don't know. Some things... You would think the Patriots would be the cure for what ails you. But now, I don't know. Tampa Bay is not a bad defense. Bills are hurt. Their defense is hurt. Fuck it. I talked myself into it. I'm going to take the Bucks. I'm going to take the Bucks. Let's see what happens. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The 3-3 three and three Houston Texans, led by C.J. Stroud, go into Carolina to take on the 0-6 Panthers and number one overall pick, Bryce Young. Texans. Yeah. yeah. Panthers 0-7. Yeah. That's bad. That's bad. At what point do you really consider having Andy Dalton take this beating? When does Andrew Dalton get in this game? <laughs> He's there for a reason. <laughs> I don't know. Th- yeah, it's. Yeah, I just I don't get it. I just don't get it, and I don't like it. The three and four Los Angeles Rams go into Jerry World to take on the four and two Dallas Cowboys. Um, Dallas. I've had two weeks to prepare for this game. They should be able to win it. Might be a high-scoring game. This is gonna be tough. Right? Rams coming off a loss. Cowboys had two weeks to prepare. Dak against that defense does kind of scare me. But then again, Stafford against the Cowboys scares me too. Narrowly, I'm going to take the Cowboys. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Rams pull this one off. Speaking of pulling it off, <laughs> the three and four Vikings. And now that Cousins isn't going anywhere. Go into Lambeau to take on the two and four Green Bay Packers. Um, Vikings. Vikings get to 500. I'm not impressed by Jordan Love as of late. Yeah. So maybe, just maybe, the Vikings can make the move. The three and four Saints go into Indianapolis to take on the three and four Indianapolis Colts. I would take the Saints. I would take the Saints. Even without Chris Olave, you think he's going to play it? He weekend? should play. He practiced. He practiced. He practiced. I mean, he's driving recklessly, but, you know, they, he didn't, um, it wasn't a DWI or DUI. He just was driving recklessly. You know, just, <laughs> just, 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 it's just reckless driving. <laughs> it's okay. I, I really don't like the fact that he dropped the, I play for the Saints in the yeah, video. That's pretty, cool. yeah, no. That's that's pretty ridiculous. That's Damon Arnett bad. That's Henry Ruggs bad. That's Dante Stallworth bad. That's 
You can't do it, man. You can't do it. Potential legend superstar behavior there with, uh, yeah. I'm going to go with the Colts. They got jobbed last week. They definitely yeah, got jobbed last week. But, you know, Minshew looked good. I had to eat some crow on that. I think he gets another week of magic, and then he starts to kind of fade back into obscurity. The 2-5 and five New England Patriots go into their house of horrors, Miami, <laughs> to take on the 5-2 and two Dolphins. Miami. Miami. Does Tyreek Hill play is the question. I hope so. He's questionable. I know. Do they even need him to beat the Patriots? Uh, yeah, I do, I do. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to find out. He's trying to get to, like, over 2,000 yards, so I'm pretty sure he's going to play. Either way, take the Dolphins. Oh, boy. This is it. This is the moment we've all been waiting for, boys and girls. The 3-3 and J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets go into MetLife Field, which happens to be their home. Yeah, MetLife Stadium. Yes. Take on the two and five New York Giants. I'm taking the Jets, the J-E-T-S. I'm taking COVID. Oh, God. <laughs> Again, it just comes down to, it's like, yeah. they really just have to win their games. They have to win their games because they talk so much shit. It's that two bowls of shit theory. Like, which... Which bowl of shit smells less? I'm going to hold my nose and I'm going to take the Giants. I'm, a, I'm a, a sporty man. I'll take the Giants. They've shown enough defensively and Zach Wilson is nothing to write home about. So the Jets could play down to their competition. At least that's what I'm hoping for. The 5-2 and two Jacksonville Jaguars go into Heinz Field to take on the 4-2 and two Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. Pittsburgh. Right. Wow, well, huh? Right? TJ Watt taking the lead. Hmm. A tough one. I'm taking the Steelers. Upset. Huh. Interesting. Yes. I'm going to take it. Yeah, I like it. It's a bold strategy. I'm going to take the Jets. I don't know. I just don't think that Pickett is as good as they need him to be. Najee Harris definitely is, is MIA. Yeah. They, they need oh, more. Really Steelers need more. The 4-3 and three Atlanta Falcons go into Tennessee to take on the 2-4 and four Titans, possibly with Will Levis under center. Wild. How that's coming apart. Do you think they start to cut bait with players? think they're going to trade King Henry? They already traded Kevin Byard. Yeah. Kevin Byard's an eagle. Byard so, sound, yeah. It's going to be a fire sale. Falcons. Oh! Fal- Falcons. Oh! Now, Levis starts, but Malik Willis is going to get time because Will Levis is not going to be ready for prime time. <laughs> the 6-1 and one Eagles go into Landover, Maryland to take on the 3-4 and four Washington Commanders. The commies, huh? Um, yeah, I'm taking the Eagles. Eagles. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take the Eagles as well. This will not be fair. This will not be fair. And Jonathan Allen will be talking about seven more years of this bullshit. (laughs) We're into the four o'clock hour. The four and two Cleveland Browns go into Lumen Field to take on the four and two Seattle Seahawks. 
it's a tough one. It's a tough one to pick, but I'm going to go with the Browns just because their defense has been outstanding. No Deshaun Watson again. P.J. Walker is going to get the start for the Browns. I'm going to take the Hawks. Narrowly. That defense plays in Cleveland, but I think Geno's going to have something for him. And let's be real here. The Seahawks defense isn't bad. Pretty darn good. No, they just picked up Frank Clark. Yeah. And Witherspoon is really good. Witherspoon is going... I can argue that Witherspoon is better than Sauce Gardner. Maybe. The five and two Ravens go into Arizona to take on the one and six Arizona Cardinals. Ravens, their defense is playing well too. Their defense is playing well, and yeah, the Cardinals are just yeah. What what can you say about the Cardinals? They're just overmatched, overmatched. You wonder if they're going to start moving guys too. I mean, there's a certain tight end that you might want to kind of think about moving. Maybe a certain running back. Eh, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Zach Ertz on the Jets or something like that. It wouldn't be bad. The 6-1 and one Chiefs go into the mile high to take on the 2-5 and five Denver Broncos. You know, Russ is actually having a decent season. He's like a top 10 fantasy quarterback, believe it or not. But I am going to take Kansas City. The Chiefs have a sneaky good defense. Yep. They're sneaky, top, sneaky. They're top five. They're top five. You, you don't think of the Chiefs, Chiefs as having a good defense. Spags hasn't playing well. Mahomes to Kelsey is too damn strong. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. The game worth watching right here. This is where the eyes are going to be. The 3-3 three and three Bengals at the 5-2 and two Niners. This was my Super Bowl. Ah, uh, 49ers. Oh. Huh. I think the Bengals. I'm going to take the Bengals just because they seem to be rounding into shape and that train's never late with the Niners mm-hmm. good luck to Sam he's gonna need it your Sunday night special the two and five bears led by chicken and bread go into <laughs> SoFi to take on the two and four disappointing San- oh I almost said the S word the Los Angeles Chargers the Chargers better win this game, man. I'm taking bread and chicken. I can't believe <laughs> I'm saying that. I'm taking the Bears. I'm going to take the Bears because I can't trust the Chargers, man. Can't do it. Can't do it. And it's their fault that I can't do it. Because Staley, coach, Herbert is injured. It's just unimpressive. Disappointing. Terrible. And your Monday night delight, the three and four Las Vegas Raiders go into Detroit to take on the five and two Lions. Uh, gotta think Detroit will rebound, right? You hope so, because that was a whooping. There was an absolute ass whooping put on them by the Ravens. And the Raiders. What's their quarterback situation? Is it going to be Brian Hoyer again? Or is you know, I don't know. 
I don't yeah. know. I don't know what's happening with Jimmy. I would think Jimmy's gonna be back. That, that uncertain thing, but he'll be hurt again. <laughs> that speaking of the train not being late. Oh, he's still not medically cleared to return. So, so probably Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell. So <laughs> either way, lines big time. No teams on a bye this week. So adjust your fantasy rosters accordingly. Play your guys. Play them all. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast on Wednesday night on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go wrap. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.